game day for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show, Leaf Edition this hour. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick. For the next two hours, we are live in this hour on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. And when you don't catch us live, go get us on a pod Yeah, somewhere. Please. Yeah, please. Keep us employed. It's always a good thing, don't you think? <laughs> Very important. A lot of Leafs <laughs> employed over the last seven days, or seven games, I should say, as the Leafs go for their eighth consecutive win at the Scotiabank Arena. They'll welcome in the Vegas Golden Knights for the second time in a week they will play each other. Mm-hmm. Any chance this goes as well as uh, their first game No. in Sin City? <laughs> I mean, it went perfectly. They handled the defending cup champs, right? They ran away with the game in Vegas. It's not going to go that well. Vegas isn't going to come in and lay down, do you think? Uh, probably not. I would believe that uh, team. they would have had a thorough uh, visit to the video. I think so. Of the game and probably picked out ample, exam- uh, ample examples of... Uh, where they went wrong, particularly yeah. on maybe focusing too much on the big boys and letting the bottom half of the leaf lineup beat you because that was the feel mm-hmm. a week ago, was it not? That the bottom six beat the Vegas Golden Knights, not necessarily Matthews yeah. or Marner or Nylander. It's funny when you say, hey, make that team beat us with the rest of the guys. Shut down the big guys. Well, make the rest of them beat us, and then the rest of them beat you, and you go, oh. <laughs> now what do we do? Uh, you, know, you, you can back. live to, you know, you can live with that, I yeah, guess. Say, yeah, we executed the game plan. But I would expect that's good news for the top guys who should get a little more space. You get home change. Um, I don't expect Aiden Hill to get yanked, uh, you know, 15 minutes into the game or whatever it was last time. So he's starting again for the Golden Knights. Uh, interesting stats you have in here on uh, on the – the Leafs record versus the Western Conference, yeah. twenty-two five and two. Yeah, this is from Terry Koshan uh, post media. Uh, he said twenty-two five and two against Western Conference team, easily the best in the East. No other team in the East has uh, more than eighteen wins. So this basically means Leafs get to the finals, they'll win the Stanley Cup. That's what this means for sure. <laughs> There is right, Sammy? no other way to draw a line <laughs> than the one you just did. Yeah, you nailed it. It's Absolutely. Done. So, I no think more 1967. You're talking no. about, you know, the Golden Knights giving them a better effort. They're still really banged up, fellas. Yeah. And I, I, you know, looking at these line combinations, I, I think they'll still be in tough here. This Leafs team is really humming, and they've now won seven in a row. They're on home ice for the first time in a while. We got, we'll talk about the first game back from a road trip or whatever. But I mean, their fourth line. Mason Morelli, Byron Fraze, and Sheldon Rample is their fourth line. Paul Cotter, Nicholas Waugh, Keegan Colasar, good players, but, you know, that's up to their third line now. You've got Brennan Brisson on the top line. You know, yeah. it's just, it's not exactly the most threatening no, forward core. It's not a threatening forward core, but it's still Martinez, yeah, Petrangelo, yeah. McNabb, Theodore Hag, White Cloud on the yeah, back. Yeah, they shot seven past those guys last time. So I know, I know they'll, be, they'll be dialed in a little bit more, but I think, you know, the Leafs do post a pretty big threat to the Knights tonight in terms of what they're looking like with their forwards. For sure. Jack Jack Eichel skated, I think, for the first time. He did. Yes, in a rouge jersey, yeah. which is the injury non-contact one, but he's moving, getting out there again. That's a good sign for Vegas. 
I think they, they're on an extended trip, are they not? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Which I think includes the Boston Bruins, and that's basically yeah, where Yeah, they got the Bruins from. on Thursday. Is this more of a trip that I'm, I want to go home with a team? Well, if he's skating, or, I think it's important that he's around and practicing with them and all that. He, he but, may see action in probably, I don't know, I would imagine a week, week and a half. Mm-hmm. But so since the uh, the Maple Leafs beat them, they were struggling during that stretch. They mm-hmm. lost to the Senators in a shootout. They get the Leafs again tonight, and then it's at Boston, at Buffalo, at Columbus to end, end their trip. So that's a long trip in the middle of a tough patch for them. Um, can I bring something up about the fans tonight? Because mm-hmm. I saw Bonesy tweeting about this. I think this is the first game Morgan back Riley. at home for Morgan Riley. Yeah. I, you know, I would expect a, a louder standing than norm- ovation. I w- maybe not standing, but a rousing. Ro- I think it matters. Interesting. I do. Like I've been thinking about this a lot, they and I know it should acknowledge him. He abs- for what? For, for saving the season with cross checking to the face. For the cross check to the yeah, face, or for, for having check to the face. returning after a long suspension. No. What are we cheering for? For um, getting his nose dirty. When so well, many so you, in the past haven't. Are you zagging on this? I'm not zagging at all. I just want to clarify that we're, yeah, that's we're, what we're celebrating it, the cross. It's exactly what we're talking about. Okay, good. No, this that is great. the fans so turn around. I agree. And say, hey, Morgan, uh, it's a dirty job. You did it. We've we've won a lot of games since then. Yeah. And now possibly you, you righted a ship a little bit here for us. This guy cares. We care that he cares. We all care. And it's Morgan Riley who, you know, I think is a sneaky fan favorite in terms of just how much he cares, how much he loves being a Leaf, how much, you know, just the fan base responds to this guy. And the fact that he was the one that did that, it really propelled them towards a seven-game winning streak. It'd be nice to see them give him a little extra juice on home ice tonight. I would like to see that. Maybe even a standing O. Why not a standing O? Uh, Why not? Because he did a criminal activity. Yeah. That's what he did. And guess what Toronto fans like? They like ice... Crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Crimes. <laughs> they do. I really don't know about a standing ovation for cross-checking a guy in the head. No. But I get where you're going. Oh, I, I got to tell you, if I'm there tonight, couple coors deep, I'm getting up. And I'm, he, I'm standing. I'm clapping. You know, all the moralizing aside about how you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't hurt people. But as a sports yeah. fan, I can see why people would be like, way to go. It, it is kind of embarrassing. What? kind of embarrassing that you think that your team has been so soft for so long that this is the acknowledgement that you need to have yeah but i mean it hasn't happened (laughs) yet we don't know that the fans will react come on sammy no i disagree no, I, I think he's making a good no, point. No, 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 no. If you were, oh, the Leafs okay, are first soft. of all, Shocker. Is that first of all, here? if you were a yeah. season ticket subscriber to the Florida Panthers, your knees years. would get tired of standing ovations all year long. <laughs> okay. He just, it would be like, right? yeah, he continued to you stand up for the boys. Yeah. This I is get a norm. <laughs> this, this behavior has been a norm for the Florida Panthers all season long. Yeah. You want to give but, one guy in the Here's the, standing ovation Here's the for difference, it. though, Kipper, between the Leafs and the Florida Panthers. A Florida Panther's not even getting fined for that. The Mor- Morgan Riley gets five games suspended for it, so that's the difference. The Peros would be like, yeah, it's fine. They, oh, that's, God. He's not getting suspended for five games. Now you're... What do you think? Who do you think I am Okay, <laughs> we don't mind you as the president of the Booster Club for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but when you 
pull out pom-poms, <laughs> that's where we draw the line. I, just, I think he deserves acknowledgement for a turning, a turning point in the season, and I don't think that a standing ovation would be too much to ask, yes. and I don't think it would be embarrassing. It's not Borja Salm in Team Sweden 1976 standing ovation mm. no, at he Maple plays, Leaf Gardens. Yes. Yeah, but he's playing for the Leafs. He's not playing for Sweden. You know what they should do. No, should, but I'm acknowledging that, <laughs> yes. that that's a real standing ovation. Yes. I get all this, but I think I think we're. I guess that's what we get paid to do. We get paid to overthink things. <laughs> but you're overthinking it a bit here. The guy did a thing that they was sh- awesome, and everyone loved it, and he's back for the first time. And yes, give him so a stand cheer. Up. Nah, yeah. stand up. <laughs> get in your feet. They should treat it like he's a returning player and do a video tribute to <laughs> the project yes. and have him come hey, in. Now we're talking. Have the three of us actually break it down. <laughs> like, let's stop the game, and we break it down on the big yeah. monitor. You know, uh, as the video shows. You've been to a Vegas game. Uh, Kipper, they bring out this like night thing. They bring out like a gold night and they do like this whole like enactment. They should do that before the Leafs game and bring out a guy with like yes. the Ridley jersey. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm on to something here. Anyways, I think he deserves a little acknowledgement. By the way, just so you know, past. Sam nearly got concussed in beer league today. So oh, if he's a little whoa. off, just, just, First just your you know. car and now oh, your head. God. What is going on with you? I will say, like, I don't know. Am I making less sense? Because I'm feeling like I am. But, no, 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 you're, okay. you're good. You're okay, making good. the usual good. amount of well, sense. I just got, I fell. I fell like a crappy you know, right backwards. Backwards. You know, right after a move on the goal yeah. and going, you know, yeah. no, no. kind of so, just past the net. I made a rather nice move around the defender, if I do say so myself, but I was extending because the puck got away, and then I hit a rut, and I went head first in the boards. So it's okay, though. I'm fine. 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 All good. Okay, we'll, we'll wake you up every 10 minutes <laughs> during the show. I'm fine. No problems. So, same lines tonight. Uh, Noah Gregor is still a healthy scratch. Your thoughts on going this long with Gregor and not getting back in? Do you believe that Reeves is playing himself into a potential playoff lineup? No, I think they're getting him ready for uh, the big guy in the New York Rangers. Rempe. <laughs> Rempe. You, th- you think so? Well, Keep his cardio up for when he's going to go I, yeah, you can't three just... rounds? Well, I mean the fourth the fourth line said it's two of its best nights in the last two games with him on it. Yeah, they've won seven in a row. I don't think anybody's clamoring for Gregor to get back into the lineup. To me, it's just keep playing him until you lose. I mean, Reeves is on a three year contract. He's had a, you yeah. know had a good f- few games here. Keep him going. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's still debatable whether or not we'll see Ryan Reeves in game one. Yeah. I think that's a long shot, to be honest with you. But right now, it's serving its purpose. There's a good look on that fourth line. Reeves has never spent less time in his own zone than he is yeah. in this current run. Mm-hmm. So now, that's that's not an issue. And, yeah, let, let Gregor get hungrier. I'll watching. take you back, though, Kip, to game one versus Tampa Bay last year. When the Leafs thought it was going to be physical, tone-setting hockey, and they dressed Kyle Clifford yeah. and Wayne Simmons in game one. Mm. I think we all remember it was it's a Clifford penalties. took a five-minute major. Was two, that was two series ago. That two was series. that was the that was the first Tampa series where not last year? No, it was not last year. <sighs> two years ago. It was two years ago. Two years ago with Clifford. And he buried someone from behind to the boards, five minute major, kicked it out of the off, game. They killed it then, off one five nothing. Yeah. They lost Game one, what, eight or seven, two last year? 
That's right. Yeah. And so. then they won 7-3 in the next yeah. game. Anyways, so there you go. Anyway, my point is, yes. may Ryan Reeves had that same relevance where they're like, it's game one, it's Boston, or it's Florida. Yeah. We're going to need the meat. Yeah, I think um, I think Ryan's at the point of his career, and he's played a, he's played a lot of playoff games. He it's not like it's, it's, it's a good wild. run here. And I think over the course of those playoff games, whether you know it's Vegas or the Rangers, did he play much in the playoffs for the Rangers? Oh, a ton, yeah. So um, just he, looking, he's at got the... enough savvy in him to not do anything stupid. I don't think that'll be the case. It'll just be strictly on whether or not yeah. you're okay with the the lack of speed or footwork. I think he's played 108 playoff games. Yeah. 108 playoff games. He played eight, 18 with the Rangers. He went deep a number of times. Yep. Uh, with the Golden Knights, 19 and 12. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of the the look you want. Yeah. And. Right now, I think he's he's fine where he is, and you know, from Brad Tree Living's point of view, you still want to prove that it wasn't a, a dumb signing. I think that there's some of that too, right? You you need to validate them, and he's doing it right now. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Mm. He's fine, and yeah, Rempy's gonna come down Saturday night. I, I don't know where the kid's gonna be. Will you be surprised be. if he doesn't fight him? Uh, listen, the, the guy's had a tough week. I don't know where he is. Like, he's got to get through Columbus tomorrow night. I bet you they tell him he can't fight that Olivier. Again. It wouldn't be the worst move, to be honest with do you. Do you think he's got the pride thing of having lost one, and now he's going to want to? Listen, I've never gone against my coach, and I've been, yeah, on, yeah. I've been on benches where coach is saying, listen, I don't want you to fight, okay? Don't fight. I need you to four-check hard. I need you to get pucks out of the your own zone. I don't want to – I don't want to see f- – Fighting out of you is the number one priority. Mm-hmm. If You're right. If, if he's, he's told not to, if, he won't. If he's told not to, you don't want to embarrass the coach or yourself. So, listen, and that's where the Rangers got to step up and go, buddy. We we love your gumption, but we gotta gotta pull back a little bit here. We're I not, bet they make it public to, to protect him, not embarrass him, right? For not going back at the guy, they'll say, "Yeah, we yeah. don't want him to do that anymore." So. I mean, there's there's a lot of pluses off of of what he's been able to do in a short period of time. Yeah, but you've got to you got to protect him a little bit here. So no Lilligren for the Leafs tonight. Where is the lily pad? Day to day, he is day to day. Can they not like it? it can they just not be healthy? Ever? <laughs> there's always like one guy, one situation, I think one. That's everywhere. So now we've got uh, Geo back in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, and six left-handed shots. Six left-handed D-men tonight. Mm-hmm. Looking at pairs of Brody McCabe, Riley Benoit, Giordano Legison. Mm. So McCabe, Benoit, and Legison playing offside. It's okay. Interesting to me that they stuck with Brody on the left side. Well, it's funny, right? Like they need three left shots to play the right side, and Brody isn't yeah. one of them. I'm sure he will. Like when push comes to shove, yeah. they could happen against Colorado. Uh, Keith couldn't help himself putting them together with Riley yeah. again here and there. I'm sure it'll happen again. They'll be mixing. We'll listen to the clip from the coach. All right, let's go to Sheldon Keith for our first Kippers Clipper on how the Leafs handle their decor without Lilligren. Yeah, well, we'll uh, I suspect we'll be moving things around a fair bit. 
obviously six left-handed uh, guys. Um, we do have different people that are comfortable on the on the right side. Obviously, we know Brody's comfortable there. Uh, and Morgan, even last game, took some shifts on the right side. Um, <clears throat> McCabe, of course, and Lagason. So, you know, Benoit, probably the one that's uh, spent the least amount of time there. We gave him some reps yesterday in practice for that reason, if we had chosen to, to use him there. But, uh, you know, with, with the different mix that we have, I think you'll, you know, you'll see different people moving around. Yeah, and that, that's the way Keith likes to do it, jump it around as the game goes on. All right. Um, I don't know what you guys want to do. You want to follow up this decor conversation with something's going to come to a head here soon because Morgan needs a partner. Mm-hmm. So um, you don't think playing with Legison is going to do uh, it? No. Benoit? Benoit? No, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I think. Uh, well, you've been working the phones, Kippy. You hear anything? What's going on? J- just the Leafs' number one target, number one priority would be in a perfect world, Tanov. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're not there. He's tried all season. What about Seattle's guys? That like Will Borgen they have. He's playing second lines, a right shot, big body guy. Really good players, 27, mm. you know, well, making two and a half or two seven. First of all, there is a sense around the whole league that that whoever needs D, and we've it's been noted as many as 10 to 11 teams need D, that there's 10 of, and then you can throw a blanket on a number of guys after 10 of. Mm-hmm. So those are the guys that you're talking about. Like Adam Larson's in Seattle too. I don't know if Seattle's done done. They're pretty done, but I don't think Seattle's looking at at moving Adam Larson. I think they like their D and they're just trying to find ways to add some more scoring. So I don't think they want to rob one to pay another here. But Seattle's just going to Minnesota Wild themselves right into the old 17-20 spot for years. What, what does Larson have? He's got a very good contract. Yeah, he only makes $4 million and he make, he's under contract next year as well. Yeah, 6-3 so, so, right so, shot. So if Seattle's actually still thinking about making the playoffs and for sure want to make the playoffs next year, why are you getting rid of a, a very good, solid defender who's very cap-friendly? It just... Yeah. It makes no sense to start throwing these names out there as as being legitimate yeah. uh, type of guys that the Leafs can focus on. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like, if you scour the league, like, there's not a ton of great fits. Um, Jonah Siegel had written an article about some potential targets. One that I thought we've had here before with the Leafs was, it was Labushkin. Um, you know, I liked the question he asked, which was how much cheaper or how much worse is he than Chris Tanev? How much, you know, did, does he not do kind of the same thing? We've seen him with Riley in the playoffs in the past. They played pretty well together. We know he hits. Yeah, right. it's uh, night and day for me. Oh, yeah, big difference? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's night different, day. but it's one's also... A, one's a legit top four, and the other one's your third pair. But same, that, that's what Luke Shen was, and that yeah. worked for the Leafs. And did, did it work look... for the Leafs? They got smoked oh, yeah. in the they second round. Yes, it worked. They were a wonderful pair. They were great. No. No, it still wasn't. Good enough. They lost. They weren't even close in the I mean, second round. How can you tell me team, it was it, it it was good? It worked. If a team makes a good trade and they don't win the cup, it doesn't make the trade Luke, or the players good. Luke Shen is a third pair D on a Stanley Cup championship team, which he was yes. in Tampa. Yeah. 
putting him with Morgan Riley or Labushkin with Morgan Riley is not the look of a team that's ready to go to a final. I, I think it looks, it depends what the rest of that group looks like. You know, it depends on the you, other you, four you guys. You can see it right now. I can see it. And yeah, it is. I, I get your point. But when you're talking about ac- acquisition co- uh, costs and what the Leafs yeah. have to spend, yeah. what is Tanev going to cost compared to Labushkin? Labushkin's yeah. going to be a third or a fourth rounder, yes. something like that. Tanev's a first and a five-year maybe or not. four-year extension. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you find a way to get Tanev uh, thinking outside of the box, right? I mean, then that interests me a great deal yes. more. The extension's still worrisome, but... Well, the extension is just cost of doing business, and you can feel that you're going to pay Tanev what you were paying Brody. That's it. So, yeah. And you're a lot more comfortable, I think, with Tanev for the next two years than you would be Brody at $5 million. Sure. So, but on a four-year deal, but, that's... So can you can the Leafs get around spending a first-rounder or even picks for that matter? To me, trying to get, to get Tanev, Q to do this means someone else is going to do it. Just you know. get more people involved in a trade with... Tanev, like go move bodies. Forget about the first rounder. Move bodies. What would interest mm-hmm. Calgary to move Tanev out? Maybe it's now we're four or five guys. You got to move guys out. You got to move bodies out. Maybe it's a five-player trade. Maybe it's Tanev and take McMahon, take Robertson, take Mangiapane. What's mm-hmm. Mangiapane's situation? Does he need a new contract? He's a UFA. All right. What was that That's my right? ears perking up. Oh. Yeah. So now it's Tanov and Man- Manjapani, and now it's, uh, see, you got to throw a sweetener in here. So what would, what would excite Calgary off the Leaf roster? So maybe it's Minton. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they sit on Minton, but take a look at the last two weeks, three weeks. What's propped up here? Maybe it's Holmberg. I don't, you know how I feel about Holmberg, but I would think Calgary would be a lot more excited about Holmberg today than there were two or three weeks ago. Big body, uh, can eventually maybe move into a top, yeah. top six, seven, eighth on your depth chart. Is he that good? I don't know. Do you see that? It, this seems like a bit of a, like a poo-poo platter for the, you, the one of the biggest. Like, I don't think they're going to... Do you throw in... They're going to be asking for Cal, and they're going to be asking for Mitten. No, they're going to be asking for no, first. No, like, no, if you want to... You don't need to go that deep. I don't think you need to go that deep because you got to understand, they're asking already for a first rounder, yeah. and no one's giving it to them. Yeah. They're not getting it. Okay. And there's a very good chance between now and next Friday, they don't end up with one team offering a first rounder. The problem for the Leafs is... It drops into a second rounder. Everybody's lining up with the second rounder, yeah, except the Leafs don't have it. Yeah. So what else can we sweeten you with? So uh, Timmins, Robertson, and Holmberg enough for a UFA and Chris Tanev? No. Okay. Well, no. Listen, I. I but I like the direction you're going because I think the type of deal that yeah. that Brad's now got to throw them. Until they say yes. I think what's probably giving teams pause on Tanev is that pure rental versus extension thing. Because if you're going to spend a first, you're keeping the player. Not a ton of people would be comfortable keeping a pretty 
battle-worn guy who's already 34, you know, and that might give them some pause, which might open the door a little bit to something like what you're talking about. Now, Manjapane is a very interesting name for me because he's the type of gamer yes. who gets in and under and through players in a yes. way that I really now, value. Is he too much like Bertuzzi? Are they two of the same? Do you already, you're finally getting Bertuzzi going, Bunny. but you could use Manjupani, could you uh, not? First makes, line left wing the second he shows up. He makes 5-8 this year and next, Manjupani. Yeah. Oh, he's got another year? Yeah. Oh, he's not UFA. No, he's got another year. Okay. 5'8". All right. But well, Bert's 5'5 five, five in that spot. So. I, I thought he was UFA. Yeah. My apologies. Well, but uh, that's just more cost. It doesn't not prohibitive. I mean, yes, yesterday correct. we talked to Francis, and the name he mentioned as a potential surprise name was Mangiapane. Yes. You know, it's not like this is coming out of nowhere. So Yeah. But that, to me, can can Brad Tree Living do that type of deal and, and, and protect first round. It's funny hearing Francis talk about the risk of trading with the Leafs and how if it really works for the Leafs, it just buries your reputation. Who's the Leafs' top D prospect? Uh, Tofi Niemela. Noah Chadwick. Could we interest you in one of those guys? Yeah. I think, I think there's that. Yeah, Chadwick's pretty. Yeah, he was like a sixth rounder and they signed him already. He's playing well in the dub. Maybe yeah. he's one of a guy. I don't know. There's not one guy that you named that I wouldn't trade for those two guys. Ex- I mean, yeah. except, except Cowan, I probably wouldn't trade for those two no. guys, but I just, why not just the first? Yeah. Fine with the first. Fine with it. That's, it's expensive. Yeah, I know it is. I know. But, and I'm not saying I, I wouldn't necessarily do it, but I've got to have my back against the wall on mm. March 8th <laughs> to do it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's 2.55 p.m. <laughs> and he's like, either he's going to arrival or you give us the first. So, yeah. All right. Buddy, it is crazy how close we are to this deadline. It's eight days away. Yeah. And TV producers everywhere are very thrilled about, and hosts are very thrilled about the lack of Did you see our, our, uh, our game, our national game last night had a, a countdown? Like it was Did like it? something like 260 hours to go or something like that. I think it's tongue like in that. cheek, right? Like a... No, no. I think they're dumb enough to think that that's really important <laughs> to, for us to see. That's what I think. No comment. <laughs> no comment or questions at this time from me. I'm like, I, I can't do the math. I see like 256 hours. Is that and it means that nothing days? to that, me. That feels like it's more hours than that. But I, I can't. Know. I have no brain. So. I saw a lot of numbers there. Ten days times 24 hours. We're at 240. So look like a old Jerry Lewis telethon, buddy. It's, with all those numbers. I, I can't believe the lack of action here. So something's yeah. coming. Yep. All right. All right, we got lots of uh, stuff to, to listen from Sheldon. So. We should go. Oh, should go? Yeah, yeah. Oh, got Carter, Carter Hutton at 4.30. Oh, oh, we got Carter yeah. Hutton. All right, former NHL goalie, current analyst with DailyFaceoff.com. We're going to talk three goaltenders as Joseph Wall is back in the mix for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So get ready for Carter Hutton after the break. More real Kipper and Bourne after these words. Teeing up the biggest games of the night. It's the fan pregame with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's get ready to welcome in Carter Hutton, former NHL goalie, and does a terrific job on dailyfaceoff.com. Carter, how are you? Second time on the show. Love having you on. How are you? 
Always nice getting the call back, buddy, because I've been on teams where I've been one and done. So it's nice to be back. So. <laughs> oh, we know the feeling. We absolutely <laughs> know the feeling. So tonight um, we'll see uh, Samsonov back in the lineup. To my surprise, a tad is Joseph Wall will not back up, although uh, he's ready to go, uh, which means a three-goalie system right now that uh, Martin Jones is still in the picture and far off in the in the skies, but maybe working on his return, also Matt Murray. So let me ask you, before we get specifically on the Leafs, just generally how you feel about an NHL team carrying three goalies. I, I don't necessarily love it, but I think nowadays with, with what's going on with the Leafs, you know, they need the depth. But for me, it's getting reps, right? It's getting the right reps in practice. There's only so much time. There's always going to be a third guy who isn't, you know, there. When we were during the COVID year, I was in Buffalo, me and Lena Solmark were taking all the reps. We had Jonas Johansson, who's gone on to have a great career, but it's hard. You have to step over guys. You need to get your time because there's only so much time and so much quality time you can get. So I think it's something the NHL you're going to see a little more of because of the fact that you need goalie depth, and especially with how many goalies we've run through this year in the NHL, you need extra bodies. Do players shoot differently on the third goalie in practice? Like, is it one of those things they're catching them off the collarbone or what? Yeah, there is the fact when the third goalie rolls in that they are a little meaner. Actually, one of your uh, co-hosts there, Jamal Mayers, I remember my first time in San Jose and I slid out. I was with Antti Niemi and I stepped in there and he went high and hard a few times and I didn't go down on one of his shots. He let me know. He told me, rookie, you always go down when I shoot on you. <laughs> Just leave, leave the puck stopping to me. <laughs> so, like, one of the things that drew, uh, drove me nuts every time I, uh, there, I was in a situation with a third goalie is, like, they don't know necessarily where to stand. <laughs> You're, yeah, in the right? corner, my it, like, benches. You know, is it now an unwritten rule where you you, you got to go sit on the bench? Is there anywhere that they can stand that they can't get in the way? Or is it one of those, even as a veteran, you still don't know where to stand? It, it would depend on the drill, I would imagine. Yeah, it's kind of awkward, right? Especially, it's it's one thing if a guy wants rest, right? And he's been playing, you know, maybe he's not going to take the full reps. Usually if you're the third guy, you're getting in late in a drill or a guy's already tired or you're coming out at the end of practice. But I agree, there really is no written rule where you stand. You don't want to sit on the bench because then you feel like you totally aren't involved in the team whatsoever. So it's one of those things, everybody know you needs depth. It's It gets awkward at times, but at the same time, I think goalies at this level understand you're not even competing with those guys. You're competing against yourself every single night. And that's the main goal here, I think, for anyone in the NHL. So how do you think the Leafs should handle the guys they've got now? You got Samsonov, who's been winning games, not with a sterling save percentage, but he's been winning okay, games. Just so for, for the record, you yeah. know, since the All-Star break, yeah. he's up around 9-11, and he's 9-2. and two. Not bad. 9-11? Yeah, his save percentage. I thought, he was like in, I thought he was like 900 or something. No, no. Okay. I, I, I think overall five. he might five. be. Okay. I think in his last six wins, he's on like he's under 900 in the last six from what I see. So okay. I think it's more the way they're defending, too. It shows a difference in how they well they've defended. And for Joseph Wall, you look at his numbers this year, it's been really good, but they weren't defending as well, I think. I think this Morgan Riley, you know, kind of galvanized his team, the suspension, you know, getting guys to buy into a bigger role to play defense. It kind of gives me the feel of when, you know, Barry Trotz came into Washington and got Ovi and those guys to buy in to play a little more D, which benefits your goalie. But at this point, I like Samsonov's game. I feel... I still feel like you, as a GM, as a coach, as teammates, you don't forget about what just happened at the start of the year. It's still in your back of your mind. He gives up a couple stinkers. You're worried he's going to just mail it in. So I think you got to get Wool going at this point and, and see who's right, who's going and ride the hot hand. Okay, Carter, what does that mean when you say get him going here? Like he's been off for over two months here. If he 
if say he plays against uh, Arizona on Thursday night, would you go back to him Saturday night against the Rangers? Would you let him get on a run? Is there is there a sense that you still have to protect this guy even if he looks good early? Yeah, I think just with the injury prone, I, I feel like you want to get to somewhere where you have a platoon of goalies, right? You have Martin Jones. You know who he is. He's going to be able to go. He's got a ton of playoff experience. So if you have to throw him in, he's ready to go. But I think just going game by game, right? Kind of a feel, even where it's you get into the point where the Bruins have Swayman and Allmark, both guys are going. And then when it comes time, we have someone ready to go. Where I, I think at this point, Samsonov has earned the crease, but at the same time, Wall never really lost the crease. So I think it's a chance for him to get back get some NHL reps under him because I know he played well in the American League, but again, the American League's the American League. You know the difference between the speed at the NHL level. Carter, what has changed that goaltenders who are not necessarily the biggest names in the league can win Stanley Cups now? Like, has everyone just gotten so good? Like, Aiden Hill has won, Darcy Kemper, you know, names that we didn't think of at the time as, like, the top five guy in the league. It feels like the level of goaltending over the past 10 years or so has just gotten to the place where, like, everyone in that top 60-whatever are very good goalies. Yeah, it is. There, You know, there's a handful of guys you want on your team, right, that you can't really buy in free agency. You know, the Vasileskis, the Hellebox, these guys that are just elite every single year, no matter how good the team is, they seem to get it done. And for me, it's just the fact that, like, the structure and the way you play and you get a goalie can get hot at any time. And that's where that salary cap, you sign a bad contract. You look at Corpus this year in Ottawa, it hasn't had a great year and they're married to that contract, right? That's where that tough commitment comes when you have guys like, you know, Bennington winning a Stanley cup, even Martin Jones, when he played really well for the sharks, bringing him the cup final. So, you kind of need to strike lightning in a bottle, which is I always used to joke around with my agent like, hey, just to explain them, I can get hot at the right time. Right? Yeah. It's almost some sort of selling point like how do you sell it? And that's where I think these teams that have had depth with three goalies, you look at the wings this year with Alex Lyon and James Reimers played well as of late. Even the Habs carrying three, having that extra depth because injuries happen. And at the same time, if you get a guy hot at the right time, that's pretty much all you need come playoff time. It just seems uh, the last few years, it's been almost a lock that we were when we were talking uh, best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. It's Vasilevsky, it's uh, Shesterkin, and then Sorokin. And yet, all three of them have struggled this season. How surprised are you? And Vasilevsky, listen, he's coming off surgery. I, I get that. Is there a sense that he may not ever return to that 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 real consistent look that he's had prior to that because of that surgery or? Do you still expect to see him back? You know, I, I definitely would never count a guy like that out. For me, it's I think you get a point with Vasilevsky where you've got to start managing minutes, right? He's not as young as he used to be. He wants to play every game. Like, you know, he's waving the coach off when he wants to get pulled. But I think for him, getting a little bit of a reset is important. Even I think Shesterkin, just the all-star break, you know, he goes and plays in the all-star game, gets some days off, and he's been better since. What I found in my career is, we're so compressed when we're playing goal. Like you get into a state where the games just come and you're playing and you're playing the wear and tear where sometimes you get into situations where I look at Samsonov where last year he was under a lot of pressure in Toronto, had a great playoff run, you know, hoping to get that contract. He doesn't get the contract. And now all of a sudden you get into that season where you're trying to prove yourself again. And it's a lot to wear and tear, you know, especially with the day and age we live in with social media and everything. And especially living in the fishbowl in Toronto. So how much do different defensemen or like different style of defensemen affect a goaltender's ability to have success? I'm talking about the Leafs at the trade deadline. They're going out looking for a guy like Tanev or, you know, guys who clear the front of the net, Joel Edmondson or Good Branson, whoever it may be. Is it a lot easier when you have guys like that in front or are we just do we overstate that as people watching? 
I, I wouldn't say it's easier, but I think it creates a sort of predictability and that comes with predictable defensemen and structure. Like for me, a great example would be I, I lead the league in stats one year playing for the St. Louis Blues. Was it me or was it a fact of, yes, I played well at times, but also some of my hardest games were just getting to the rink on time, right? We had Bo Meester, Petrangelo, Edmondson, who touched on, Paranko, all these big guys that took up space and made the game predictable. And then the next season I go to Buffalo where we have a younger team and now all of a sudden the unpredictableness of the game comes in and I'm trying to do too much. You know, it gets hard. And that's where I really saw Samsonov this year. You know, his feet were busy sliding outside of the net, not very clean where now the game seems like he's got his feet underneath him there. There's more confidence. And that becomes because of your decor, because of the structure that's brought into play. McDonough gone from Tampa Bay with Vasilevsky. Could that be a big part of, uh, you know, the challenges now for Vasilevsky once again to, show everybody's this best goalie in the world yeah i i agree i i think sometimes you get tied to guys in the system and for him you know it's a chance i still vasileski is one of those guys he is such an elite athlete compared to myself or these other guys that i would say fill the rest of the nhl rosters so for him it's the chance to be, compete again and play well because this team still has a pretty good core they can score and i think anyone going into the playoffs at this point you, you not really want to face a Tampa Bay team because if he gets hot in a seven-game series, it's going to be really tough to knock that team out. So you've been watching this Leafs team as closely as we have this season. Uh, how much do you think they need to get a facelift here as the deadline gets close? Because, boy, they're, they're looking really good without one, but I, I know most teams would like to improve a little bit still. Yeah, I'm sure you guys touch on it a lot. It's nice to see that, you know, the second half, the bottom six, getting some goals, getting yeah. some support. And and for me, that I see Sima Benoit come up and play really well. When you see a defenseman like that, it's almost like, why don't we have five of them? Have five defensemen that just can take up time and space and then have your offensive guy that can move pucks. I'm a big Jake McCabe fan. Mm-hmm. I think he was... You know, I played three years with him. He pours his heart. He's a team guy. But he was a little like, you know, playing outside of his role, trying to do everything. When he's playing shutdown D, hard-nosed hockey, he's tough to play against. And a guy that will do whatever it is to win. So I think the spirits are high. But again, this structure that they're playing with now gives gives me more hope watching, I think, as a fan now and uh, on the other side of the media compared to when I was playing for this Leafs team to actually do some damage in the playoffs. The Leafs will face uh, Hill tonight. For the for Vegas, of course, Vegas. He uh, was the number one goalie for them to win the Stanley Cup, but not necessarily a name that we ever envisioned would would get to that point. And yet, when you look at that blue line, yeah, there's some challenges. No, Jack Eichel, but that blue line, I would imagine Hill goes to the rink every day and thinks he won the lottery with that blue line. Yeah, I've been there. I won that lottery when I signed in Buffalo after playing in St. Louis. So, uh, <laughs> honestly, it's one of those things, though. Like, And I think for Aiden Hill, like, I honestly didn't see this coming. Like, I played against Aiden Hill. He was more of a backup. I didn't really think, you know, he, he gets in the Stanley Cup and he plays really well. I thought there would be a hangover phase. I, I didn't think he'd get the contract and be able to come back and answer it the way he has. But I see there's a maturity, too. There's almost like a mental wall you get to where... The physical abilities doesn't change, but you've had so much experience now mentally with what you do on the rink and the success you've had where that's where I think he's at now. He has so much more confidence in himself and he doesn't view himself as that backup now. He's a Stanley Cup champion and having that in your back pocket, even the way Bennington carries himself, where some of these guys that have playoff success, it really can snowball into a better career because you get over that mental hurdle, which we saw Samsonov struggle with this year. Yeah. Um, last one for me, just your thoughts on Joseph Wool coming back and the challenges of returning from injury. Uh, I imagine goaltending is such a mental position. You know, are you, is it just a matter of being able to fa- not think about the ankle while he's getting back into gameplay? 
Yeah, you know, it's not the first injury he's dealt with, right? I'm Obviously, I touched on that last time I was on. The ankles are scary, but at the same time, you know, we're dealing with world-class doctors and physicians and people getting him ready to play. For me, it's just, you know, he's at the maturity level now. It's not like he's a young 21-year-old or 22-year-old you're trying to rush up. He's 25. He's been around the game now a lot, enough pro things. And especially last year, his playoff experience, I think, will come in handy here as he gets back into it. So I'm not too worried about him. I just want to see how this, how Samsonov handles having someone nipping at his heels here. If Wool comes in and starts playing well, is he going to shut it down or is this going to be something healthy that they can uh, really foster into the playoff run here? One more for me, Carter, and I'll let you go. I promise uh, with Carter Hart still dealing with his uh, off ice issues here, it's wide open for, for a team Canada, uh, four nations and Olympics here. And the names now of course are, are Hill and, uh, Bennington and I don't know. I'm out of names, guys. Give me some help here. Might be another one on the list. So, so you tell me, is this, uh, is this something that Canadian hockey fans can look forward to? Is this going to be one of those, uh, boy, oh boy, are we not looking as great as we have in the past when it comes to historic teams with team Canada? You know, it's one of those things, I, I think it's an odd place for us, right? Like we look back, and for so many years we had, you know, we had Price, we had Broder, Luongo, Waugh, these guys that were just, you know, Hall of Fame goalies. So it's going to be interesting moving forward. But I, again, I, it's nice to have these guys that are getting good experience now that are all going to get playoff experience. And again, now I touch on what I just touched on. These are world-class goalies, right? Now who can get hot at the right time, play well in these short tournaments? You know, whether you're good or bad, if you can be hot at the right time is what they're going to need. And it's definitely a new phase for us. When you look at the American side, you go, you know, go south of the border with Ottinger and Demko and Hellebach and a lot of stars where it seems like they have the upper echelon of goaltending now. And you touched on earlier, the Russians. So it's a, it's a different spot for Canada, but I would be confident with what the Canada can put on the ice. You're going to get some good goaltending as well. Carter, great stuff as always. We really appreciate you having you on the show and uh, looking forward to a few more as we, uh, head towards trade deadline and then the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thanks for doing this, pal. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on as always. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Former NHL goaltender, current analyst with dailyfaceoff.com, Carter Hutton. He really had an exceptional few years. He was a 918 in Nashville, a 913 St. Louis, and then a 931 in St. Louis before he made a eight and a half million with uh, Buffalo over three years. You okay, Sammy? I think it's working. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he's back. Uh, and then he made eight and a half. I've got the plug here. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> eight and a half million he made off that. So that's yeah. what he was talking about. When and he then he, the he was yeah. great. 50 games, Buffalo played yeah. him in 908. The yeah. first year they got him. So there you go. So if if Canadians are going to pin their hopes on a Bennington yeah. or an Aiden Hill, then how good does the defense have to be? <laughs> Very to quite very, I guess. You know, yeah. it's not out of the question. When, the other te- when there are other teams getting 18 shots a game, it doesn't really matter. Well, and that's that. the thing is, you know, we talked about how, how much easier it is but to play behind structure. Like, we're going to have six good D yeah. providing structure for whoever Absolutely. it is. So, you know. Led by Petrangelo. No? Yeah. Absolutely. I, he's definitely on my And Makar. Kel Makar. Morgan Riley in the mix for you? Yes, he's in the mix. Yeah. He's He's mm-hmm. a top seven or eight. Canadian yep. defenseman Absolutely. for me. Yep. Oh, it'll be fun. We will have plenty of time to put together yeah. our mock Team Canada lineup. Bordy doesn't like this. The Team Canada yeah. mock Yeah, yeah, stuff. you've never you liked it. You know I don't like it? You've never liked it. I've never liked it yeah. because it takes genuine thought. Like, you need to sit there 
and like you know work through the <laughs> options, the lineup, who's going to kill penalties, whatever. And then is that why you left Marner? Hey, on your team? hey. And our, 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 our show has never been about that. <laughs> That's my point. But so when you go on the air and it's like. Who should be the Leafs D? It's not as easy as that. Like, but we're out of work if we put the thought and <laughs> prep that you're talking about into this show daily. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. yeah. Forget the we're care. We're done. Throw it out the but window. But it is a hot, it's starting to be a hot button topic, right? Uh, yeah, it's getting concerning. Like, um, I don't know, the other day someone had uh, Claude Giroux in instead of Mitch Marner. And was, I'm like. Was it him? No. Oh. No. I don't know where I read it. And I'm Listen, like, I'm not what gonna world be the guy, is that? I'm not going to be the guy where for a year now you act like I put Mitch Marner. I laid out my lineup. Uh, Take the guy out. I will. Yeah, go ahead. Marsh yourself. Done. Okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> 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 I have him with him. But he's going <laughs> to score four tonight. Yeah. 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 No, I had both those guys. I didn't have Moff. And mm. to me, it's like a matter of how you mix up those lines is kind of subjective and changes with injuries and chemistry and all that. Of it's just course. Get the right Something's 13. not working. The yeah. offense is yeah. dried up. Sure. Who do you move up? Who do you move down? And that's why the thought comes who, in. Who drags a lip for getting bumped off the first line? And that's always blown my mind, too, that on Team Canada, anybody would. You know, uh, get out there and be like, oh, I'm not getting enough. It's like, you're on Team Canada. Yeah. You know, you well, do it for the country. That here. tore apart the Tampa Bay Lightning and... And uh, Stevie, Stevie Wyatt. I know. So there you that go. was a matter of getting on the table. Hey, right? we, got, we got a new read for today. Let me quickly get that one in there. All right. Okay. Uh, join Cobb's Bread this Saturday, March 2nd, for Donation Day, where $2 from every six-pack of their hot cross buns sold will be donated over to over 100 local Canadian charities with a target goal of over half a million dollars. To celebrate, we're giving away $100 Cobb's Bread gift cards all week. To enter, text the daily code word to 59590. Today's code word for one of the hot cross bun flavors is traditional fruit. Text traditional fruit to 59590 for your chance to win. Sorry, you're not saying that clear. <laughs> traditional <laughs> fruit. <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting sewered, but... <laughs> Well, Cobb's Bread makes fresh in-house all day, every day. And when the doors close, all leftover baked goods are donated to local charities, which is nice. The next morning, they start fresh. I love Cobb's Bread, so this is nice. Cobb's Bread, shout out. Shout out, shout out to Cobb's Bread. But traditional fruit is that code word text. Get your non-traditional so, pomegranates out of here. There you go. Traditional I've fruit. been ripping, like... Code names all season <laughs> oh, no. long. Which, we're simple and nice for the yeah. last Yes, read. and now we get dropped traditional fruit. What? Uh, name <laughs> which me is... one. Name me a traditional fruit. An apple is a An traditional apple. fruit. Uh, a strawberry? Oh, that's Banana? Banana for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Kipper? It's one of those. Okay, like I said, we don't do much prep for the, wor- for the show, so... Name a non-traditional yes. fruit was not... Uh, no, I'm the... not. Don't put me on the spot like that. Yeah. Oh. Apparently it was Mark Mathot that said Drew over. Uh, oh Marta. yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. I knew I saw it somewhere. Ottawa guy, oh, yeah. Ottawa guy. But that's I like. I actually like Mark Mathot a lot. Wish he was sure. Yeah, could go on. Except you know, Except for that Claude Drew. Except for that thing. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Drop in one of the top scorers the last five years for any Canadian player for yeah, Claude Giroux. You're going to take some heat on that one. Um, Justified. Just a quick Jays corner before we go because they're in the Toronto market. Alec Manoa's first spring start today. Didn't go so hot. Uh, and Shohei Otani has for, hit his first home run in his first, first game, game as a Dodger. So why is it not uh, uh, a good start? Because uh, he uh, hit people and threw 17 strikes here, on 38 pitches and yeah. gave up four runs. Do in we inning. know maybe he tried to hit people on purpose? Maybe. That's a good, you know what? 
Right? Maybe, Maybe he's, he's trying to throw right balls. on. <laughs> so either way. It could have gone better for the old Jays. Seen, Sho- seen Shohei in blue and white hit a homer to opposite field than one he barely and, got a, hit, a hold of. And the most sickening part for Jays fans and everybody who's listening to this. Or just you. No, because, listen, there's a lot of Jays fans listening to this All station. All right. He looks so good in that Dodgers uni. He was, it's bo- just the blue he was born to wear that Dodgers uni. Like, that's that's him. Did my mic get cut off? <laughs> yeah, I think. Am I gone? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm back. I My... A headphone came unplugged, so I couldn't hear myself, so I thought I got... The, yeah. the high, higher-ups turned yeah. your mic off. <laughs> yes, you look so good in that jersey. Yeah. Anybody making 700. Is that what he signed? Yeah, 700. No. He's only making 700. He's deferred 698. Yeah, I he'll, think, look, yeah. he'll look good in any uniform. Yeah, he'd look good in a Coyotes Kachina jersey. Now, where are we on um, mm. see-through baseball pants? So, apparently, it was... It's a conspiracy theory, and last year they were see-through in spring training, and it was lighting from the, the studios that they were taking the picture, and apparently the pants aren't as bad as once said. So, this it seems like something. The pants aren't as bad, and the jerseys actually aren't as bad. And seems like something by June. I would never think about this again. Maybe even April. So. Are we over the, 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 the questionable uniforms? Yeah. Completely? No, not even close. I'm not over it. They're off. You're I'll, not over it. I'll be, I'll be over it until they do the Leafs jerseys next year, and they're... Then, we then we'll be back. Really? Yeah, then we'll be back. Yeah. So it's the same company yeah. that has all the yes. leagues now? Yeah. Are we allowed to mention leagues. what the company is? No. No, we won't mention the name in case you want to sponsor our show. In case we <laughs> love them. Not a chance they're <laughs> going to sponsor our bought. show. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. We go all national. Gary Galley will join us.